All right. Well, good morning to you again, and good to see you here in person. If you're watching online, we're glad you're able to uh, connect with us this way. And I'm glad to be back. You know, in a little bit more of a normal feel. Like I, I had coffee again before service. This is it's feeling good here, and so it's beautiful here on the bay. And this is a great time to to gather like this in this day. And we just you saw we are uh, really week two in a series called Promised Land. We're we're camping out. Well, not just camping, moving forward into what we are looking in through the book of Joshua, what the promised land is. We, we started off last week just talking about like a lot of life is about getting there. A lot of life is whatever we're trying to strive for and we get there and we arrive. And if, if we've made it so much about the, the destination, at least for me sometimes, I find I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. We get there, whatever there is, and like, this is it? This is what it is, and then we, we look at the next destination, and we could spend our whole lives always trying to get to the next level, the next thing, and the reality is this, is that, that and we, we said this kind of a theme for the whole summer, is that it's, it's much more about the journey than the destination. See, as followers of Jesus, you know, if you've committed your life to Christ, you're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, our ticket is punched. And if we just get so focused on heaven, and we're going to miss this opportunity, this journey God has for us. And so we took it a little bit deeper in understanding this promised land. In fact, it, it, if anybody understands the journey was the, was the 40 years of wandering in a wilderness uh, through a leader named Moses. Imagine, you know, 2.5 million refugees moving 40 years along to the promised land, to this land that God had promised them, but it was more about his presence than the property. It was more about following him in this journey. And we started off last week looking at the, the people. They were on the edge of this promised land, but it was a new generation and with a new leader named Joshua. And we just we, we said we need to get ready to enter in. And today we're going to continue forward in looking at really what, what is ahead. Because what the promise was, was a fulfillment of a covenant that God made way back at the beginning to see that to fruition. But God didn't want us to be on the edge of that promise. He wanted us to possess the promise. And we said as followers of Jesus, as we look backwards into Scripture through the lens of what Christ has done through his death and resurrection, Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. See, if you look at how the Old Testament, how the, Jesus fulfilled through the Old Testament, what we find is that Joshua means Yeshua. The, the Joshua we read in historical figure is really a, a typology of the Joshua, which is the Yeshua, which we call Jesus, and who's the one that fulfilled this promise. And so what we get is really what we're ended with on verse 5 of chapter 1 that we left off last week, where this is what God said to Joshua. He says this, I will be with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. The promise was this, was that. The promise was his presence would be with you always. No matter where you're going, where you think you're ending, where you end up, guess what? I want to be with you. I want to be there in the journey and that my presence is that promise. I can't think of anything more assuring to know than that God through his very spirit is with us no matter what we face. And here's the thing. Life is not static. We can't just sit still. 
God is on the move. God is working. And when we, when we go with him, it is where he's taking us. Yes, it matters, but what matters is that he is with us. And wherever we go, know this, is that we're not be on the edge of it. We are to possess the land. You see, God's great will for us is to, to dwell in this promise, but it's, going, it's not going to come easy. And as we said last week, it's not come, going to come without a fight. But we talked about what we know through Christ, what he we accomplished and, and paid the, the price for our sin on the cross and rose again to conquer death is that we're not striving to in, in, in victory, you know, for victory, but actually because of victory, what Jesus has done. And so there's, but there's battles ahead. We, we live in a fallen, broken world. And, and even though Jesus won the war, we're in the battle. We're in the struggle that we have. And so these next few Sundays, we're going to be actually looking at various battles that we read in the book of Joshua, strongholds that need to be conquered, land that needed to be possessed, and people that, that changes and everything that's going to happen. We're going to dive in those, those epic battles. But the first battle we need to deal with is the battle that God sets up Joshua to face. It's a, it's a battle we all face. In fact, we, we kind of title this today is, is this is the battle of, uh, before all the battles that you need to go through. It's, it's really the battle is not out there. It's the battle right here. It's the most critical concern was the heart. And that's what really we find in, in Joshua is that God's most critical concern is is he was leading this new leader and still these millions of people that he would be leading, all these eyeballs. Imagine all of them looking at you going, where are we going? What are we going to do? Joshua had to face this, this battle. And it was a battle that, that I think all of us face. In fact, again, this is, if, we can, if we can get a, a handle of this battle, it's going to set us up for all the other battles that we find victory in our lives. And it's summed up in four words, and these, these four words are throughout Scripture. In fact, 365 times, somebody spent the time counting these four words in, in pretty much the order, and it's this, 365, it's one day for every, you know, every year, and it's this, it's all about fear. And it's the four words are this, do not be afraid. Every day of the year, we can remind God's Scripture, do not be afraid. The battle before other battles is this fight against fear. Now, is, if there's anyone, anyone understand fear is it's, it's kind of really you look back of all the emotions that we go through, it's very much has some roots to it. Because some people say, well, yeah, fear is a big deal, but what about, you know, you think about anger. Anger is, a, is an emotion that we got to get a handle of and battle. It's true. But think about why you're angry. Much of it has to do with your fear of losing something or someone right? Fear of not being able to be in control leads to, leads to anger. Another thing is jealousy. Like jealousy is strong in comparing ourselves with others. Where does jealousy come from? It comes from a place of scarcity, right? I don't have what I have and I got to grab on or I've got to, you know, I, I'm concerned, right? That, that, that brings some jealousy upon us and, and because of scarcity. Another thing is this, is, is shame. That's a strong, strong thing we all deal with. But what are we, what's shame? It's, it's fear of being found out being exposed all these many of these emotions in our lives are really rooted back in fear you go, go back to the very beginning when man sinned he he hid from he hid from god and hid from one another it was shame that came over him but it was this fear that because of that in this fallen broken world we live so theologically i think we understand that but even scientifically 
If you study science and you study the brain and had some conversations with some friends the other night all about this, that the fear center of our brain, it's, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of study that's been about the brain. And you might have heard this before, but when, when, our, when we, we're faced with threat in our life, our body, our, our brains itself and even our body goes in, it goes into survivor mode right? When we've been threatened in, in, in different things, either physically or emotionally, even spiritually, always, we, and mentally, we actually go in this, this, this survivor mode. The science, you know, the, the medical community call it a nickname, it the lizard brain that we go into. And, and make, make it very clear, I believe we're created in the very image of God. We're not like other animals, but we have kind of survivor instincts that kick in. Instinctively, it comes on that we get an alert and our, our, there's certain parts of our brain that come, that light up on it. And they they found that in survivor mode, it's three basic ways that we respond to fear. First, it used to be two, and then they've added a third. And so some of you know these, and it's the, it's the, the fight and the flight, and now many people in recent years call it the freeze. And so for the, the fight, I always kind of picture this like an, like an alligator, we got a picture of an alligator, right? And you know, there's just the fight. When you're when you're in when you're in fear, when you got fear coming over you, you're like you got to protect yourself, and you better you be, you'll end up lashing out on someone or something, right? The other thing is the flight. When when fear comes over you and you're threatened, bye bye, I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with you. Fly like a bird as fast as you can and get it. But if you can't fight and if you can't flight, you just stand still and you freeze. And you're like the deer in headlights. You're just like, I hope they no don't notice me, right? You ever seen an animal on the walk and there's a bunny and the bunny just doesn't move? Like, maybe they know I'm not there, right? You ever seen that moment and you move forward the bunny and it runs away? And it's, again, we're not animals, but instinctively we have this and it comes from, where's, where's fear come from? It comes from when we originally experienced threats in our life. It's much rooted in where where we grew up or how we grew up and earliest on when your life was threatened either emotionally even some of you physically physical harm has come to you emotional harm has come to you it might have been an experience of abuse or neglect it might have been an experience experience of of just trauma that happened to you where you lost loved ones either through death or divorce at a very early age things that have happened to you threaten you and what happens is our our bodies even though maybe things have happened you know, like dozens of years ago, right? Something where you, you might be 50 years old here and at five years old, and then th this week something triggered you and you, it brought you back when you're five years old. And they've studied this in, um, in, in different books and even especially people with PTSD. And they found if they bring recall that memory in their brain, guess what? It's just like it happened the day it happened. Even though it might've been decades ago, the same part of your brain lights up for that. How do you get through that? How do you work through that? Well, I think, listen, it is good to talk to people. It's good to have conversations. It's good to see counselors. And, and for myself, I've, got to, I've done some of that before, but my friend the other day really pointed some of this stuff out to me. You know, because I, I had this question for you is, what is your primary reaction to fear? Maybe you've asked, like, what is that? Are you a flight person, a fright person, or a freeze person? And I think some of us would say there's certain things and certain ways we responded to and I've looked back a little bit and I found that there was, I was kind of in, an, I've been in kind of a freeze mode and I had trying to identify why that is and it had to do kind of around loss. And I was talking with my friend, John, who was just newly got involved in counseling. And, and so 
I, I got to talk with him a little bit, and he took me back to some things in my childhood. When my dad died, my mom got, uh, met a guy who was abusive to me. Uh, she married the guy without, te- you know, without even telling me. And she, you know, it's just some of you got stories like, like this stuff, this stuff, this stuff. And looking back, he goes, I think you're dealing with an issue of abandonment. And I never really heard of that before. I didn't think abandonment. Why would that be abandonment? And he walked me through that. I'm like, oh, that is case and so when new loss happens when all of a sudden you know even I'm losing losing my buddy here Logan off staff and like how am I reacting to that how am I working through it's because loss is part of life transitions happen people come people go you move and there's all these things that that go on in in life I'm going to be a uh, we're, my wife and I we're going to be empty nesters here in what six weeks and like what's that going to be like and you know all of us have gone through life and if you you look back but what triggers back so for me, that was issue. Questions, what's yours? What's yours? What, what do we do? Well, yes, counseling is important and, and to talk through and be in community about that. But all that to say is not for me to talk about my problems, for you to identify, hey, what is it that's causing what's gripping you uh, with, with fear? To really, I want you to encourage you just to try to identify that uh, here today, which we're going to do through God's word. But I would say is that if we don't deal with it, what we do is we compensate. And so what forms is pride. Pride, you put over, cover over you because you don't want to deal with it. And you, you put the smiley face on, and yet deep down, there's this problem that you're dealing with. And, and what happens with fear, if you don't deal with it, it cripples you in emotion. It divides our minds, it drains our energy, and it causes us, this interesting, to be dangerously deceiving. And if we don't deal with it, it's devastating to us and devastate the people around. Be very clear. Fear, worry, anxiety has never been God's will. It is, we're wired with it and to deal with the things in, in, the, in life, but ultimately that's not where God wants us to be. And so what we do at some point out of desperation and, and, and despair, where do we go? Where do we to, do? Well, if we're going to fight this battle, this fight within us, here's the common thing, or, basic thing is you can't fight a battle by yourself within you it's like operating on yourself no you you know like gosh i got i gotta get my gallbladder i'm gonna just do that i'm gonna i'm gonna youtube it and i'm gonna look up how do i remove my i don't even know which side my gallbladder that would first identify which side it is you're not gonna do that but we try to operate on ourselves emotionally we find different things and different fixes and and we 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 get a we get an email that shows us this and that i'm not saying you can't learn from others to do that but on the deep levels of dealing with this fear issue, guess what? We cannot take care of a battle within within us. We have to look out. We have to look up. And that's where we need to do. And if we don't, guess what? We will find ourselves in this fear, dealing with fear in a fight or flight or freeze mode. But I offer another word is this. What we need to get out of is faith. It's a huge risk when we step out and, ex- and bring exposure to our life and stepping out of faith and getting it into the light. But that is what God invites us to do. And what's beautiful about when God invites us to that in his goodness, and uh, number one thing is this, in his love, that is how we're going to fight fear. To know God loves me and has the best for me and wants to work with me, invite me uh, to help me to do that. It's motivated by love. One of the great promising scriptures is what First John says this, there is no fear in love. There is no fear 
in love. And I, what I love about this is that love is not just an emotion to feel good about things, but this type of love is a love that brings safety, it brings protection, and it brings care. And what does it say? How does that happen? How, how, why is that actually? Is this because perfect love drives out all fear. What's perfect love? Well, it's, as much as you might love me and I love you, I'm not going to perfectly love you and you're not going to perfectly love me. It has to come from God. God is the perfect God. God is holy. And that love is for us that he wants to work through us and invites us into this to, and leads us up to help address the fear in our life through his love in us. And that's what he was really doing for Joshua. Even though like, maybe love's not mentioned, but out of God's great love, he's, he has this promise for these people that he, he calls, and, and it's found and reflected in the life and leadership of Joshua to prepare for a battle out there. It needs to be preparing and dealing with the battle right here, the battle in our heart. And it's, it's wrapped up really in chapter one with this, this key verse that we'll go back to in a moment, but build off this for us this morning. It's this, and you might know this one. In fact, this could be a great memory verse for you if you don't have this down. Is this, be strong and courageous, God says to Joshua. Do, here it is, here's the four words. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. There's the promise again. What's the promise? The promise is his presence to be with us. No matter where we're going, what we're doing, he is with us. A reminder to us on the journey more than the destination that Joshua and Eremite and Weenie Eremite, we're not even fighting for victory, but in victory. And it's really one simple step that God speaks to Joshua and speaks to us is this. Today's true promise is this. Conquering fear is accomplished through the call to be courageous. Conquering fear is accomplished through the call to be courageous. And it sounds nice. It sounds almost idealistic. But we need to look at this is that it's true and it's empowering. If God says it can happen, it can happen. To be something, he's saying, I want to give you the power and strength to do it. He wouldn't say something that could be done, as he says to Joshua and says to us, if it wasn't possible with his help. It's possible. And, 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 and God says to be something, we're seeing it. And, and so after God's assurance, we go after verse five, we go back. Here is the first, and it's four times. Think about this. Four times in one chapter, God says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Is that three? Four. Be strong and courageous. And, and, and I, I think we realize this, that we have amnesia. We, we, we go through our life and we're warriors for Jesus. And then on Monday, we're like, oh, right? We need to be reminded of this. And the first B, he says this after verse five, verse six, he says, be strong and courageous. And then he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God's assuring Joshua, yes, this is the plan I have. This, the, this is truly gonna happen to see the, the fulfillment of this promise. And I'm calling you to that. And so I want you to, you can write this down. If you're watching online, you can write this down as this is God's call to courageous to conquer fear is this, to accept God's invitation to lead you to be courageous. Accept it. He's inviting you to this. Now you have to do something with it. See, Joshua watched his mentor Moses lead, and he was a part of it, that last generation, to lead 40 years in the wandering, 2.5 million people, they think, in this homeless encampment of refugees. And then one day, right at the edge, guess what? 
Obi-Wan Kenobi died. Okay, that's how probably Joshua saw, saw his mentor gone. And, and God goes, okay, Josh, you're in charge. You are the one to lead. Now, we might not see ourselves as a leader of millions of people, but God's calling us to lead our, lead our lives, doesn't he? None of us are called to be a vic- victim. I, I, I don't have any control in my life. I don't have any what to do, and all the world's bad, and everything's happening. Well, that's as Chris led us in worship. Those are lies. We, even though we're under the lordship of Jesus, we are the ones that move forward in our life. We have to take ownership of that. And, that, and, and so to, with this mindset, he invites us to be strong and courageous. Now, if someone asks you right now, where do you need courage, where would it be? And I want you to think about that question. We're going to come back to the end a little bit when it comes to fear. Where do you need courage right now? Maybe you're frustrated in a job situation. You're just, you're just finding that you need to be bold and talk to your boss. You need to, you need to confront a coworker and you need help to do that. And you don't want to be a jerk. And you know, you're, you're working through some work stuff. You need to be cur- have courage in. Maybe you're frustrated and working through something. Maybe health issues are overwhelming you. You're just, you're just bombarded by so many things that put you in that place and you need courage. Maybe it's financial stress that you have. Maybe it's a family dynamics that's weighing you down. Whatever that might be, you're going, yeah, I need some courage right now. Can I tell you, whatever is gripping you with fear, God wants to help you grow through it. But I tell you this, it's the, the fear, the security is, is, in God's love is important, but he's never called us to safety. God never promised ease, but he did promise his presence to be with us. And what really comes out of it is this, the step that F is faith. Faith is, we're called to be stretched. It's supposed to be this way. You're wondering what faith is. Faith is being stretched. Faith only works when it's beyond our abilities. <laughs> so basic, isn't it? But I, I wish it was different. Many times I try to get out of it. I don't know about you. I try to worm my way. Oh, Lord, is there a little easier way we could go about this? Isn't there an opportunity? Like, what if we did this? And I begin to find myself, I can't Google my way out of my problems. Okay? I can't just rationalize things through. I can't fix a, a property situation. So continue to pray. We're making some good headway, but we're, we keep praying for a property situation. I wish I could strategize. No, Lord, we need a miracle. And sometimes I ask God, Lord, here I am. I need another miracle. We need another miracle. And he goes, exactly. That's what I'm into. That's what I do. Don't feel guilty for asking God. God's saying, that's where faith is. That is where we move forward. Not just be on the edge of this promised land, to actually possess it. But the, when the battle starts with this fear. And when we talk about fear, I'm not talking uncontrolled fear when it comes to you know, worry and anxiety that controls us. That's fear for sure. But we need to be realized a little bit and realistic about fear. Fear is a part of life. In fact, fear is a natural response to a lot of things. We actually need a little bit of fear, don't we? Because sometimes if we don't have any fear, we'll do stupid stuff, right? We just, we don't try to be fearless. Fear kind of keeps us on the edge a little bit. Fear keeps us on the toes a little bit. Fear is actually gets us in, the, in, the, in a place to be ready for battle because if we're not paying attention, we'll get sideswiped by the enemy. The devil loves, the Bible says this, don't be unaware of the devil's schemes, right? It keeps us on that edge. It's important to keep us sharp. A little fear is normal and often needed at times to serve as an advantage for us. I love what, in addressing fear, Nelson Mandela uh, from the former South African president, who just, I think he passed away, it's been a few years, uh, was in prison for 27 years fighting the apartheid, you know, dealing with the racism. He's the one that 
that said this. He says, I've learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but a triumph over it. The brave person is, 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 brave person is no, he, he, the brave person is no he who's who does not fear, feel afraid, but rather the one who conquers it. It's the conquering of the fear. You're going to have fear at times. As followers of Jesus, we're called to be courageous and strong, but here is where we got to stay away from humanism. Humanism says, I just got to be strong. I just got to be brave. Well, you don't have a, you can't do it within you. You've got to go to the source. And God reminds Joshua of the source. And here's a thought of courage conquering fear is this. Read and remember and rely on the true source and the sustainability of courage. Read, remember, and rely on the true source, sustainability of courage. Here's the second B of be strong. Be strong, and then it says this. Notice it says, very courageous. Be strong or courageous? No, be strong and very courageous. How? Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. You've got to put this in context. Here's Joshua at the edge of the promise and leading the people. Well, how did I get this job? And he's going, what am I going to do? And he didn't know. He didn't know what was going to happen, but God knew. And he's saying, you guys got to get prepared by meditating and following my laws and knowing it, because you're going to need it. God, God knew, and Joshua already knew the people already, is they have a proclivity to wander. They, 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 he didn't know, but God was preparing. You're going to enter in, na- in nations, and you're going to try to conquer them in battle, but they're going to find it's not with swords and shields, but with culture. They're going to be involved in intermixing with some, some other cultures and other people, and they're going to be tempted to be, to be pulled away and enticed to follow false gods and, and idol worship, and that's what happened as we saw the people. We'll look later what really tr- truly took place when the people, and I won't give away the story. Some of you read it. When people got there, they settled in. They go, oh, we made it. We have arrived, and they were bombarded. They, they were not on the edge of this pro- they didn't stand the edge and they, they let their guard down. And God's saying, listen, you need to prepare the people. And the way you're going to prepare the people is to go to my word as the source. He leads them courageously with awesome promise. He says this, you know, what we read before, be, be successful in whatever you go. Successful. I love that word, don't you? You know, Google successful and you'll find a lot of ways people are telling you how to be successful. You get a lot of spy mail as I do. You know, five ways to make pa- passive income. And I don't know about you, I love passive income. It just drops in my, my bank account. It's there. It's beautiful, right? It's so easy. No, it's not. It's, it, 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 the reality is these, these easy ways and easy things, that's not what he's talking about, success. It's interesting the word success in scripture in Hebrew, it actually means this, is to cause a person to be wise, understanding, or prosperous. What it's saying is this is, there's a lot of knowledge out there. I was to say there's too much information, right? It's not about getting more information. It's about what you do with the information you have. That's where wisdom lies. Not what you know. It's what, what you do with what you know. It's how you react to life, how you work through it. And if you're working out of a, a position of fear, guess what? Everything is going to be filtered in that. And I found when I'm working on a place of fear, I don't do well. I'm not making wise decisions with what I'm doing and the people that I'm with. And so what does God tell him to do to find success instead? He says this, keep the book of the law always on your lips. 
What I found over the years when I'm with people that I find are wise, most of them, in fact, all of them, ultimately, that they're incredibly godly and they know the word of God really well. And these are people that I look up to, not that they're flaunting like, well, the Bible says this and the Bible says that. They just speak wisdom in a humble way and going, they're speaking scripture, but what's on their lips, where did it come from? It came from their heart. And God says, you to meditate on it day and night, day and night. Now, how do we do that? How do we meditate in God's word? And let me just give you a few thoughts. First of all, we have to find a place to calm your mind. You have to find a place to calm your mind. A, a focus on the Lord and his goodness and your fear begins to dissolve. And, and, and this isn't this meditate, like I'm just gonna be, I think there's a moment to say, God, speak to me, reveal to me, but we do that through the filtering of scripture, allowing God's word to wash over and speak to you. Because what happens when God's word speaks to you, it's speaking pure truth. And as Chris mentioned, we live in a world of lies. And I found this is lie, lies are bully. Lies intimidate us. Lies speak over us at times that we believe it. And the two classic hits, the greatest hits of lies are you're not good enough and, the, it, it, and your future does not look good. <laughs> at least those are the two lies I hear. Like the best days are behind you. You're not going you know, to make it. You're going to have what it takes, right? Well, guess what? I don't have what it takes. I have to have God's help with it. And if I look at my outlook as the, the, the days are worse, there probably will be. And I have to go back to, no, what does Romans 8, 20, 28 says? We all know this, that God works to, you know, for the good of those who love him or call to his according, according to his purpose. That's a truth I hold on to over and over again, and I need to know that. So we need to meditate on that truth of God's word. Another thing is this, is to inquire ourselves, is also sharpen your, it sharpens your perception. When you meditate on God's word, Psalms tells us this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. You have the word of God that is a light, is a lamp, to one step in front of that. I don't know out there. Well, that, that little stepping stone's lit up. I wonder if I should go there. And what happens, we begin to follow the breadcrumbs in God's leading. That's what Logan's doing. Well, what's gonna happen? What's, he just feels like Lord's leading him to get in this nursing program. And God opened the door for him to do that and takes that step in it. We're all called to do that. Be discerning. As God leads you, and he'll light that path. And then the next is this, is when we meditate on God's word, it purifies our heart. Hebrews tells us where the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It, 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 it divides both joint and marrow, marrow and it's, it, it, it penetrates the attitudes of our heart. It cuts to the heart. That's what truth does. It cuts away. It's, it's a surgeon's scalpel to help us going, ooh, that needs to be out of my life. That needs to be taken care of. Scripture penetrates the deepest parts of us. And then at the end of the day, it does clarify your direction. I love this. This is a family verse we've had, you know, with kids, we sing it in the car on trips, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. And guess what? What he will do? He will make your path straight. He will direct your path. Scripture helps us make the path clear with God's help and it empowers us. And when we do that, it's, it's awesome, but we have to do it. All those things are great, but they mean nothing until we actually do something with it. And that's, what does he say at the end? So that, he tells Joshua, meditating God's word and do this, be successful, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You know, half obedience is disobedience, right? 
half, like, well, I'm going to give this, but I'm only going to do half of it. I'm just going to, like, because I need this. No, that's disobedience. If God's saying do this, do it. If God's saying to serve, are you going to do it in a half way? Halfway is disobedience, and it's the serving, it, or disobedience is obedience is being obedient through every aspect of it, all the way through to the end, to fulfill God's word that brings this success. And so I encourage you with this, to meditate, uh, that's this week's spiritual practice is to do it, to meditate on God's word morning and evening. And this is what I'm going to do this week is I, I do good in the mornings and I, you know, early and often I try to get in God's word every day, but I don't always do great at night, watch something or read something else. And I'm going to say, hey, the, the last things on my, my brain and my heart are going to be God's word. It might be a verse. It might be something I could read to say, Lord, I'm going to sleep with this. I encourage you in, in the morning and in the evening. God wants to do that. And the result, that you'll be prosperous and successful. What's success? Not just knowing more things, but doing the right thing as he leads us on. And at the end, God, God will show us and how to walk successful in his eyes. Which leads to this, because we have, remember, short-term uh, memory loss is this. The third B is this. He says, I've, have I not commanded you? After the third time, he says, be, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, this is the anchor scripture of this whole passage. Strong and courageous. And, and, and I love this fact that we don't be discouraged. Discouragement. Man, when discouragement comes over you, it leads to this place of fear. And I tell you what, fear is a thief of hope, isn't it? When we're overcome with fear, we can't think ahead. And many times we just want to hang it up and give up. And God's saying, don't do that. We need to strike back fear with faith. This act of courage, but we can't do it alone. In fact, what God tells Joshua to do is says, you're not by yourself in this. You are now going to tell the people as well. And so I'll leave you with this final thought is this, that God's courage Fear to conquering fear is in turn encourage others to be courageous. In turn, encourage others to be courageous. The word uh, courage actually is a heart word. It means to speak one's mind by telling one's heart. Most of the courageous thing you can do is to go, this is what's going on in my life. Now, you want to do it in wisdom, and people can, you know, are they mature enough to handle what you're going through? Because I could, I could lay out my dirty laundry and go, oh, wow, that guy needs, you know. Even me sharing a little bit my struggles and abandonment, you know, puts me on the edge a little bit going, I'll be praying for the pastor, what he's going through. I need a lot of prayer, but you need a lot of prayer as well, don't you? And so it takes a bit of risk and faith to do that, but we do it in an honest way, in honoring of God. It, that takes courage. And when we do that, guess what? Other people come along and say, I'm with you on that. I, let me share. And that's where the bond and community, that we need each other. Because I'll tell you what, I stink at encouraging myself. I'm horrible at it. If I have left to my own, I need others to come along and you need others to long, come along to speak courage into us. That's where we get the word encourage, speak bravery in one another. And that's what God told Joshua to do. He said this, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the, the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Here, go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Again, God is telling Joshua to speak to the army, to speak bravery in that you can do this. And I encourage you, let's do the same encouraging others this week. To speak bravery in them. 
Send a text, write a letter, invite a friend, uh, have a couple over dinner. Dinner, You know, I've uh, got a few friends that I've met recently and new at our church, and we're trying to get a beach party together, and then found out I can't be at a beach party I'm planning, so they're going to do it, you know? And getting encouraging people to meet together, that's what we're to do. That's how we're to encourage one another to do that. And you know what? What happens is this. You have no idea who you end up encouraging. And when you encourage someone, guess what? You can get encouraged back on, on part of the week what I do is I, 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 I volunteer at the bridge. Lee, who's the director at the bridge, and we support, and we send, there's people in this room that are very, very involved in the bridge and just love what we're doing. I said to Lee a few weeks back, I said, Lee, how can I help? You know, I'm, we're sending volunteers and we're supporting it financially. He goes, what I really need for me, Dan, is help with some counseling. Could you just sit with some people and go, well, I'm not really trained in it, uh, but I know the Bible and I know the Holy Spirit will guide me. And so I, I meet with this one couple and then they got a lot going on. I just told them, I said, listen, I'm not a trained counselor and everything, but I tell you this, I know who is the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And so we pray and it's amazing how God just reveals through the Holy Spirit what's going on in the life of a person. And at the end of one session, they were so grateful, right? Just, I'm not charging or anything. I'm just spending time with them. And they say, hey, can we pray for you? And they ask me, what, what can I use prayer? I'm like, I need a lot of prayer. I said, how about this? How about you just ask the Lord to show you as well? And they prayed. And I can't tell you, I was like, did they read my emails? Like, are they, you know, did they just read all my text messages? And, you know, and, and man, God just spoke to them directly. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who they are or what's going on. God wants us to be courage carriers. He wants us to see this courageous movement that we speak courage in one another. But look what the results that happened when they did that. When Joshua gave the army direction, listen to their response. It says, they, they answered Joshua, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as you fall, you, we fully obeyed Moses, so we obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you and as, as he, was, was, he was with Moses. Whatever, whoever rebels against your word does not obey it. Whatever you may command to them will be put to death. Ooh, okay, that's, I, you know, that's commitment. And, and so we, you know, notch it down just a little bit for us. Is, it, it's, it's the reality is that, that it's showing like, Lord, whatever you want, whatever it's going to take for us, we want to honor you and honor your word. And here it ends with the fourth Bible in the one chapter, the fourth B, and it's them saying it. They said this, only be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. Over and over. If you want to possess the land, if you want to move into it, we first got to conquer the battle of all battles, and there's a battle of fear. I'm going to ask our team to come as we go to prayer. I mentioned what discourages you? Where, where, do you or where do you need courage? And here's the question. Do you know someone that is discouraged or even gripped with fear? Is that maybe you? And I want you to think about yourself and people that you know. An opportunity to speak courage into them, but also you need encouragement yourself. Battling fear, what is it? And this is what I want you to do as we pray. I want you to identify it and name it. What is it? What is the fear that you have? You gotta name it. They say to name it, to tame it. Well, God's gonna do that work. What is it? Identify it. Because when you identify it, I found this, when I look at it, I go, oh my gosh, I'm bigger than that. And God's way bigger than that. And if I could identify what it is, because when we don't, it just seems ominous, like this ha massive cloud over our life. And God's saying, no, no, no. I want to do something with it. And so a filter for you is this. What is bringing you down during the day and what's keeping you up at night? That's it. What is it? What is it? 
know this. Whatever it is, this is awesome, is that we know that God loves us so much. No fear in love. What? Perfect love casts all fear. And as we pray, in fact, in fact I'm invite you to bow your head as we pray. God and who he is, is is love. And he's revealing to you out of his love, he's lovingly guiding you to help you identify what that fear might be. Because you and I have to stop denying what it is. Call it out for what it is. And it might be some courageous steps to tell somebody about it. But first, tell God who already knows what it is, but he wants you to call it out. What is it? What is that fear? Lord, show us. Holy Spirit, reveal. Lord, I I sense that maybe a a person here has three things, Lord, and that's okay. But you, you, you care about those. You care about them. Lord, show us. And Lord, as you have, as we identify this, you lovingly through your through your Holy Spirit, through your reveal that you are wanting to do work in us. Lord, we need you called us to be strong and courageous. And so we courageously talk to you about that. We courageously go to others, Lord, and help us to do that this week. Help us to find that trusted person that we can look to to help with that. So we call it out for what it is. That fear does not have to be our slave any longer. We actually are find our victory in you and what you've done because you really are. You really are our champion. You're fighting our battles. Lord, if we could if we could see success, if we could see as we dwell in your word and see this, this transformation as you are the source that you give us, God, what a great victory we find. And we can build on the next victory and the next victory. Start with us right now, God. We pray this, Lord, as, we, as you reveal it, show us that we go from this place knowing it and calling it out and believing, God, that you can, you can do your work to be courageous as you called us to. Very courageous, we pray. In Jesus' name.